1: We are told that the miracle is the means for healing our sickness, but it is not the healing itself. The healing, you could say, is the side effect of the correction that took place in our thinking where the miracle occurred. The miracle undoes misperception in our mind and any type of healing results. Healing tells us that our mind accepted correction and recognized that we are not separate from our source from which the miracle came. Healing is not a miracle because the miracle is a thought of God that contains the light of truth. It has the power to correct error. Healing does not contain the light of truth because it is what results from the undoing of error or darkness. The undoing of the darkness is not the light itself. To speak of a miracle of healing would then be combining two orders of reality because the miracle has reality in truth or at the spiritual level. But sickness and healing only have reality in our mind, being false thoughts or illusion. In the pre-separation condition, we had no need for healing because there was no fear. The belief in separation and fear goes together. So until our mind can recognize that the separation is unreal and lets it go completely, we will need healing because we will be fearful. Health is inner peace and sickness is some form of external searching for peace. If we are seeking for peace externally in the physical world, we must believe we can find it there and not within us. So we must also be perceiving the cause of our lack of peace outside of us. Even when we recognize that the disturbance to our peace, be it fear, pain, conflict, etc., is experienced within us, We will believe that something separate or in our external situation caused it. In level confusion, our mind does not recognize its causal role in how it is experiencing life. It does not see itself as the maker of its own fears. I will see something outside of itself as the cause of its suffering or problems. This includes the belief that our own body and what we do has causal or creative power to bring about suffering and hurt in us or others. We come to perceive the body as if it has a mind of its own. Valeria Tellez interviews Eloisa Ramos, the author of Beyond Self-Esteem, Discovering Your Boundless Self-Worth. Eloisa Ramos was born in 1960 in a farming village in Guanajuato, Mexico. Her family moved to Northern California in 1968. She graduated from Stanford University with a BA in sociology. She married, but when two of her four children developed asthma and substance sensitivities, she began looking for another way to help her children. It became clear to Eloisa that mainstream medicine did not offer a permanent solution for their health issues. In finding another way to help her children, she discovered EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. She is a certified EFT Master Practitioner with the AMT. EFT tapping has opened up a new world of possibilities for Eloisa, her children, and her clients. She has evolved surrogate EFT to the Ramos Clearing Technique, which uses muscle testing to find unconscious, non serving beliefs and energetic imprints. Using the principles learned in A Course in Miracles, she helps her clients release, clear, and let go of the obstacles to the awareness of love, which is the miracle, the source of healing. May her work help to light the way for all to uncover the truth that is within. Meet Eloisa at healing-with-eft.com. Here's the interview with Eloisa Ramos.
0: your own words, who is Eloisa Ramos?
2: Yes, well, let's see. Eloisa Ramos would be, you could say, a character with a label by Eloisa Ramos. But in truth, There is no Eloisa Ramos. I know that sounds weird.
0: Right. Not to me. Not to
2: me. Uh-oh. Yes. So we each take on an identity as we seem to be born. And of course, we're born to a place, a time, a family. And a lot of our self-identity forms, or at least the concept of a self-identity comes from all of that. And, you know, later on, we take on the idea of, well, you know, I graduated from Stanford. I have a BA in sociology and I, you know, have children, I'm married. And so there's all this, uh, there's a chronological series of events that occurs and we make that past kind of like a record of what we are, who we are. And I think we do that because we fundamentally don't know or we don't remember the truth of what we are. I I recall when I was um freshman in college, that was a question that came up for me. Who am I? Because uh it seemed like the self uh that I had come to know as Eloisa Ramos was more like a mask. I began to notice <laughs> And, and that mask could maybe change depending on who I was interacting with or the situation. You know, whether it was a formal event or whether I was with friends just casually talking. So I really began to go into that a little more. And, um, you know, much later um, when I came to the study of a Course in Miracles, the course is, how is it possible that you cannot know <laughs> You know what you are because I am that which I am, but to not, to not know that does seem kind of strange. So I think the problem is is that what we are in truth is not, is not a concept. And when we look at ourselves as a separate individual, we have to make a concept of ourselves in order to think about ourselves in a particular way. And then we do the same thing for others. Yes. And so we call that sort of our ego identity. And of course, we see that as more of a personality, you know, in a body. But I think that the more we really look into the deeper questions of life, uh, we begin to discover that there's this greater truth within us, and it's a spiritual truth, that Let's see, can connect us to a deeper knowing or a remembering of what we are that is not tied to, to the things of this world. Yeah, so mm. <laughs> it's kind of a long answer to, to that question. It all makes a lot of sense to me.
0: How did you come to these understandings, Louisa?
2: Yes, I, I think it did start back in college because I came from a first generation. My parents came from Mexico, and I uh, they you know they only had like a first grade education, and I I went to Stanford and I hadn't really been on my own. Although um, I mean I. I was very independent in a sense from the beginning because my mom didn't speak English. So I sort of learned the English and then, you know, I was translating at my own parent-teacher conferences, which is, which is kind of awkward. Um, but I, I think that once I went to college and around that time, I started really looking at the things in the world that didn't make sense to me. And I just started questioning my beliefs um, at that time. Is that really what I believe? You know, and, and how is it that you know, intelligent people on both sides of the question, for example, of abortion can, cannot disagree, cannot come to an agreement on that? So those kind of questions you know, were always very interesting to me. And I think that I just, the, the college experience gave me that opportunity to really explore them.
0: And then I know you went deeper with um, EFT, I think you call it. Of course, A Course in Miracles, um, that's another influence. And then EFT, actually, I would love for you to talk for a moment about how you discovered uh, A Course in Miracles and the EFT, healing modality. The EFT,
2: yes. So I was already on this path, you know, looking at what I was believing. And after I married and had kids, a lot of my, the two of my kids had asthma and um, a lot of allergies. So I started looking for alternatives to help them with that. And uh, through that, I found EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. And it turns out that Gary Craig, the founder of EFT, was a Course in Miracles student. So that's where I first heard of it. And then the, the book just sort of showed up in my life. I was at a garage sale and it was there, so I bought it. <laughs> and it just, um, the things that really attracted me to both EFT and A Course in Miracles were that they were methods to move faster on this journey for me, because I had already been on it since college. But once I found the tapping and I saw how quickly it can release a lot of those false beliefs, a lot of those, you know, stuck emotions, and it just brought so much healing. And then, you know, I started applying the principles of A Course in Miracles. And that just, I mean, it's like, you know, a bullet train. So it's about saving time. And the course itself says that the miracle saves thousands of years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh. And, you know, so ultimately I think that, you know, people that are on this spiritual journey are here to l- learn the lessons that we, um, that will help awaken us and heal the mind. And I think that once we take that journey seriously, you know, we're ready to jump on opportunities that show us that, that, you know, there's there's a way to save time.
0: That's refreshing to hear that way, a way of saving time within the context of the human experience, right, Eloisa? Because there's no time and space from the spiritual perspective.
2: Well, yes. And, you know, the value in saving time is that there's so much suffering in time. And that's what makes it more of an urgency. Now, at some point, the benefits (laughs) that seem to, that time seems to offer us become outweighed uh, by the suffering. And I think that that's, for most of us, that's the turning point where we look for another way. Because ultimately, uh, let's see. You know, there's a limit to how much we're willing to to put up with in terms of suffering. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. true. You mentioned
0: the purpose, almost like the purpose of the human experience being to learn, to heal the mind. That's very Mm -hmm. interesting. I've never heard it that way before. (laughs) Very refreshing again. So is this something that we choose somehow? Because I have heard so many ideas and concepts about coming back here in a new human body, you know, mind continuation. And then you kind of migrate to a new body with the same ideas, kind of misunderstandings. And then yes. we're just kind of perpetuating suffering and pain. Is that something that resonates? It is in um, in alignment with the teachings of A Course in Miracles and your own inner wisdom, Eloisa?
2: Yeah, yes. So the uh, what the Course says is that on earth we heal, and in heaven we create. You know, our true nature is to be creative, but with an unhealed mind, we are miscreating. We're misusing the power that we have. So the so the focus is on healing the mind so that we can so that we can remember our true identity, our true self, that is still co-creating with God. And so the experience of time is to remember, to help us release the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is what we are uh, because we are not separate. From love, from God, from eternal life. So, for me, that's what the spiritual journey is ultimately, because it's a healing journey. And um, Course and Miracles emphasizes forgiveness. To practice forgiveness, um, and and ultimately, that you know, true forgiveness is what heals anything, <laughs> um, everything. So, the miracle is the change in perception from. Perceiving ourselves as something that is vulnerable and weak, a body, an ego, a separate self apart from our creative source. Because what we do is we limit the power of our mind when we don't recognize our true oneness with um, creation, with all creation, all life, um, and with our source. Yeah. So I wonder
0: what freedom is when it comes to this this experience of coming here, being in the body, and then healing the body. Is there an, an ultimate destination per se? Will this end the experience of trying to heal the mind will one day end? And what is the ultimate goal with all this that we go
2: through? So the healing of the mind and and the body is just the mirror of the mind. So the, any healing that shows up in the body is really the reflection of the correction in our thinking, in the error in our thinking. And so the, the miracle that brings about the healing is really the recognition that our true freedom is in choosing love, <laughs> Okay. Because, because God God created us with a loving will, okay? So our, our will is inherently loving, and we have forgotten that, and we have um, turned it upside down. So for many of us, we believe that our will is bad, you know, it's evil, it's sinful, it's, um, and for that reason, we don't trust we don't have trust in ourselves. We don't have trust in our brothers. We don't have trust in God. So so we have really misperceived our true nature and the true nature of God and the true nature of others. And so we become stuck in fear. Yeah. And when, once when, once we're stuck in fear, we become, you could say, that we imprison our will because Fear puts us in a place of scarcity, and it's a um, it then becomes a game of survival, <laughs> which can become you know very vicious because it's it's basically kill or be killed, <laughs> and so it's a uh, it's a lot of suffering. It's a lot of conflict. It's war. It's battle. It's um it's unhappiness.
0: And ultimately, this is not real, right, Louisa? Like this world, I think it's something that we talked in our first interview, and I think I have to talked to somebody yeah. else about A Course in Miracles, and they said that this is not real.
2: Hmm. Yes, it's not real, okay. but... But when we are in fear Mm. and when we are in pain, (laughs) it's going to (laughs) feel very real. So true. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, all of that can be healed and it can be healed precisely because it's an illusion. It's not real. Yes. But the experience itself is going to uh, be experienced as real because we believe it. So anything that we, we believe will have quote-unquote reality for us okay not not necessarily for anybody else but we're going to experience it as real so yeah.
0: true yeah Simple. thank for clarifying yeah. that i know that sometimes we um it's almost like easy to say that right oh it's not real all right <laughs> we wanted to do that all the time but it doesn't work
2: <laughs> yeah because sometimes we want to deny the experience yeah and and It's an escape and not feel the pain. Um, And then it just stays trapped and it stays stuck. So it doesn't heal. It doesn't heal the mind to do that. We have to look at it only so that we can um, see, we can give it to the higher mind, the light of truth, uh, to, to recognize that it's a misperception and let it go. Because that's where we learn the lessons. That's where the correction happens, and that's where the learning happens.
0: It's not a belief system when we are in touch with the knowing that we are our true nature is love. It's God. We don't need to believe in it. It's more of a trust kind of thing,
2: yes, because it um let's see it resonates deep within us, oh. I already knew this, you know, so it is almost like a remembering of truth and it's, it's a truth that is non-changing. And, you know, uh, most of the beliefs that we grew up with are subjective. That's why there's different cultures that believe different things. Yeah. And so, and that's why we can change what we believe. (laughs) We can change beliefs because they're not absolute truth. Their uh, their choices, their decisions of what we want to see and what we want to experience in the world. Um, and you know, once we realize, oh man, I don't like what I'm experiencing in the world, and we realize, well, it's all coming from my my mind, from my beliefs. Then we're you know more motivated to look at that and change that.
0: I know that of course in miracles they talk about God. They use the word God. You do too. What is the idea of God? coming from that perspective? Is that an entity or it's just life itself? I would love to understand more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not an entity because the the conceptual mind tries to make, you know, tries to understand things based on concepts, which uh, are bounded things. And so when we talk about God, we talk about the idea of, of something that has no boundaries, no limits, that's all powerful, that's eternal, that's unconditionally loving, and you know, has no parts, no pieces, it's just whole. Yes, it's not in a separate individual experience, it's a knowing that we are part of that, and not just a piece of it, but that we are. We are it <laughs> without, without being God itself, but we are uh, part of that creation that is non-changing and therefore cannot really be born or die, cannot, cannot be the body and um, cannot be any, uh, any, any of the things of the world that come and go and are subject to time. So it's really beyond time and uh, beyond matter. Uh, we think of the universe, you know, as matter, but it's all parts and pieces. Um, and so this is beyond that. So it's, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, a trillion times to that, to that truth. Yes. It is a paradox in a way, because as we know, it is and it's not at the same time. So it's not the body, although is in the body or expresses, it reflects, reflects itself through the body, but it's not the body. Right in Louisa, if I might. Yeah.
2: Yes. So, so, the body, the way the Course looks at it is the um, body is an instrument of communication. And uh, the body will allow the communication or will bring forth a little bit like a radio or, uh, you know, a television. Um, yeah. And so the communication will either be um, inspired in spirit. Or um, it will be what I call garbled communication, which is uh, distorted. And that would be just ego trying to establish uh, a self identity separate from oneness. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, when we do that, when we try to establish a separate self, we're really just imagining mm. things. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're making things mm. up, <laughs> we're, we're making believe, my life, my... we are, you know, we're putting on a performance, we're acting, uh, we're wearing, you know, we're wearing a mask, so it's all more of, that's why the Course calls it a dream or an illusion, it's... Uh, it's not real in the sense of of non-changing so whatever whatever we are believing that we are, we will act out through our behavior. but it's subject to change so there tends to be um, inconsistency. so we have a there's no certainty there and that's where the fear right. comes and that's where the distrust right. comes. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
0: so. It's the belief system that we are separate, as you said, that we are independent from the whole, which is God, and we are not. And the whole, as you said, cannot be separated. It's impossible to separate. So God, Mm -hmm. or the idea of God, it's one thing. It's one, not two. So everything that's two or multiplicity, so that would be the illusion. Mm -hmm. It makes so
2: much sense, Eloisa, to me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> I have no idea how that makes sense, but it does. <laughs> it really does. Yeah.
2: You know, when you really um, have a good understanding of that, you are really, what's the word? You can do no harm <laughs> because you understand that there is nobody else to harm. It's just one self. So, you know it's the giving is receiving so what i give i will receive there's no way around that and a lot of us want to believe that we can get away mm, with stuff so you know true. So true. <laughs> and we can't it's just not possible you know it may it may take a whole lifetime <laughs> but it's going to you know it's going to come back um so and it's that gap of time that makes us forget that there's no way to really profit um, because, because there's, there's no way there's that wholeness because there really is no separation. That, that's, that's the thing. So,
0: Yeah. So it feels at so many levels, it feels true. Like when you speak about this, when I have talked to so many people about it, read myself, done so much work on it, it feels so true. And at the same time, we still have to kind of be reminded of that and still practice. It's such a paradox, too.
2: Yes. So, so it's a, you could say it's a dream and we're, uh, you know, we're waking up from it. And, and, and so the, the process of that waking up is the, um, the idea of learning our lessons. Mm, Um,
0: Within that imagined world, right? We are learning as through imagination because you mentioned that before and it really resonates true to me. We are imagining all that.
2: We, we, we are. And, and, and so we have to, we're learning that we are wrong, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's not a bad thing. That's a really good thing because the things that we are wrong about are fearful things and it helps us to release fear and to live in a place of, of trust and peace, um, and, and happiness and joy. I love the way you say that you wrote, you just said that again, but you wrote, the goal
0: in all healing is the release of fear. That is so clear to me when I read that. You're about mm-hmm, to say something, mm-hmm. Louisa.
2: Yes, because health is inner peace. Okay. And the minute we go into fear, it means that there's conflict. We have conflict within. And so where's the peace? And it's the... um the the belief in separation has entered because there can be no conflict without a belief in separation.
0: Mm. It's in harmony already. It's in perfect harmony. Yeah.
2: So all healing is really returning the mind to inner peace. And so the forgiveness plays a big part in that because uh, the Course looks at forgiveness as recognizing that what my brother did did not happen. So, what it's saying is that our perception of having been offended or um, attacked or whatever it is that we are um, looking at is really a misperception because everything that shows up in our experience is coming from our mind. It's not, the cause of it is not external to us. And when we believe that the cause of our experience of how we feel of our pain of our suffering is external to us we have just disempowered our mind and now we're going to believe that we can be a victim and that there are victimizers and therefore we're going to believe that my that i am justified in my attacking them yeah and And so we get into the idea that basically cruelty is justified. So then we we have forgotten our true nature. We have forgotten love because we have disempowered our mind and 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 believe that now the external world, which is only a projection of our mind, is causal. You see? so we're, we we, yeah. Um, and that's what um, the belief in magic is. It's a belief that that matter, that physical things, are creative. That that they're causal. Um, so you know, I can believe that uh, if I eat the wrong food, it's going to cause me to be sick. Okay. So, and it's it's a placebo effect. We understand the placebo effect, right? Um, in medicine, when they do the 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 trials and uh, people uh, seem to just uh, get feel better whether they took the actual medicine or they took a sugar pill and then they they don't know the difference so the power is in the belief but that applies to everything um, physical not just medicine <laughs> we're giving the power of our mind to physical things
0: it that's like it's some so much like the foundation for suffering, isn't it? Is the basis for all suffering.
2: It is because then I become merc. Uh, I become a almost a powerless little uh, object in a world that can be very threatening. Now, yes. Wow.
0: Um, How do you apply the depth of this understandings to the EFT model, Eloisa? From my understanding, EFT has to do with the um, body, isn't it? Like there's tapping involved. You're still using the body as a resource or a source of some sort. So I would love to understand how it works, the dynamics between those understandings that you, you speak of that resonate so true to me and the uh,
2: EFT. So everything in the world, every everything can be used for healing. Okay. Um, or it can be used for sickness, we, can, we, we are the ones that give it purpose and we give it the meaning that it has for us. So with the tapping, we're using the body uh, to focus attention and to focus intention. And it's not the tapping itself that's doing anything. The tapping is simply helping us to stay in the present moment. And it's a a lot like maybe a child in school is kind of wandering off, you know, and not paying attention. And you come by and you tap them on the shoulder. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, here I am. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the tapping is actually a way to keep us grounded in the present moment, (laughs) from my experience. (laughs) Okay. And then we're using intention, which is saying, okay, look, uh, here's the problem. I'm tapping on it. And the intention is to heal. Okay. And so what we're doing with the rounds is simply allowing ourselves to be in the present moment. While we're looking at it, and we're using simple reminder phrases, so we stay focused on that issue, that specific issue. Maybe it's just an emotion. Maybe it's sadness, okay? And as as we're tapping on it, we're observing it, and as we're observing it, it's coming up from the unconscious into the conscious, and it's pulling up any other threads that are connected to it. So we're actually doing, we're bringing up the roots that have been hidden and unconscious to look at now. And so we're opening our mind to looking at the error. And once we do that, the higher mind, which is the light of truth, dispels the darkness, dispels the misunderstanding so that after we're done with the tapping we see the whole problem completely different it's not there anymore for for a lot of people you know they don't even remember what the problem was if it wasn't the fact that we recorded the whole session it was like what mm-hmm. problem we didn't do anything <laughs> <true>. you know <laughs> because the mind makes up the problem and it's the mind that undoes it uh, right
0: yeah if we can look at it, visualize looking at the body, then I can see like coming from the head with the mind, some think that's what the mind is, which the mind is everywhere, right? It's not just in the head, but coming down to the heart and then to the organs, to the body itself. That's a a beautiful way of of saying the way you just said. So the mind creates the problem and the mind dispels and, and finds the solution. To, or it is already the solution, actually, of everything.
2: Yes, because problems are errors. It, yeah, any problem is an error. And from an energy point of view, it's a it's a disruption in communication, in flow. And it's a block because there's a distortion there that is, uh, you could say, interfering with uh, the truth flowing through, the light coming through. Uh, And that's all we're doing is we're removing the blocks.
0: I love the way you write. I know you sent me the article and some of the passages caught my attention, but you have been saying that already until our mind recognize that the separation is unreal and let it go completely, we will need healing because we will be fearful. So it goes back to that separation leads to fear, because as you said, now we see ourselves as objects. And then there's uh, magic that you just talked about magic, and I never thought it that way. So by believing that any of the physical world or anything in here has influence in the mind, to the mind, Mm -hmm. then that is like we're creating a belief of magic. So Mm -hmm. that really caught Mm -hmm. my attention Mm -hmm. because I'm sure I have been doing that.
2: (laughs) Yes. And if you think of a child, the reason why childs have have Mm -hmm. such a big imagination is because they tend to see themselves as small and powerless. Um, And so magical thinking is a disempowerment of our mind, Now, uh, to do that as an adult, I think, is the fear of taking responsibility for that power. Okay. Yeah. So I think for the child is a way to deal and cope with fearful things that are so much bigger than them. But I think that, you know, as we grow and as we become adults, I think that the power of our mind um, can become very fearful itself. And, and it's because of what we believe our will, <laughs> our will is. If we believe that our will is bad, is evil, you know, we're going to be afraid of our own will, and uh, we're not going to want to exercise it. We're going to actually imprison it, and and uh, that's not going to keep us safe. We think that that's going to be, keep us safe, but it's it's going to attract like for like so it's just going to keep attracting fearful things which will then support the fearful beliefs so it'll keep us stuck in there in the fear mm.
0: yeah it, it's a loop almost right is there yeah it's it a, is. Cycle. It, yes, oh, it's a cycle yes
2: oh my god
0: it sounds really wonderful this i mean even the sound of it i know the truth of it but the sound of it even as i listen to you speak it's just incredibly freeing so, wow, that fear is a sign that, as you said, errors, the mind has split. I think you call it also the split mind self, right? This is the house is divided, right?
2: Yes, because we uh, we cannot completely obliterate our memory of love. That's what we are. That's just, uh, that's the truth, but. In order to hold on to believing things that are not true about ourselves, um, we literally have to split the mind, and so we forget, <laughs> you know, as if it wasn't there, but it is still there. As you just buried it in the unconscious, uh, and then, and then, when we're ready to heal, we have to do a lot of work to dig it up again. So
0: true. <laughs> Yeah. That's why even healing work, it's, it becomes another fearful thing for most people because we're <laughs> tapping into the deeper fears, right, Louisa, within the subconscious.
2: Well, yes, because we we have forgotten what we stuck in there. It's like having a closet, you know, and, and uh, we're having people over and the house is a mess, so we just shove everything in there. <laughs> yeah. And then it's so full we have we don't even want to look at it so then we just forget about it and then pretty soon it's like i don't even remember what's in there so it's in the unknown it becomes the unknown and you know it becomes very fearful now
0: i mean one thing is to go through our own healing work do the work ourselves to become open to explore the mind and the fears uh, there and then the (laughs) other is try to help others to do the same. So I wonder if we can combine the work. Like It seems Mm -hmm. like that's what Mm -hmm. a lot of healers that I talk to here, they do. They work on themselves while helping others. Does it make sense to you that that could happen?
2: Yes, it's it's really the same thing uh, in my experience. So I can be working on, um, I don't know, releasing, it could be a belief, um, innocence and guilt, or it could be... um, something around judgment or it could be something around failure or it could be anything like that. And what will happen is that, you know, I will be working maybe with my son on something and then I go and meet with a client and lo and behold, there's the same issue. Or, or you know, I'm sitting down and, you know, my husband's watching television and I'm I'm working there and I look up, happen to catch a little bit of what he's watching And there's the issue right there. So it's like another piece showing up. Um, So the thing about healing is that it's not really coming from our, our own little self because it's coming from our higher mind. It's really, so in my experience, it's all just, it's just being received. So I just need to be open and then the different pieces show up and I just receive them. And then because I receive them, then I am able to give them. And so it's uh so it's a giving receiving process. Yeah.
0: Which sounds like the definition of love in a way, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, <laughs>
2: yes. Very
0: much. Yeah. I love the way you said that. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing in the sense working on yourself and others is the same because there's no two anyway.
2: So That's yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> it's 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 one mind. So I think any yeah, any healing work that we do and we think we're doing it with ourselves is not just benefiting ourselves. It's benefiting everyone and and uh, working with allergies. Um, and it was very interesting that I would work maybe with a mother. You know, she had uh, sensitivity to like her cell phone. Uh, and the, but her daughter did too. And then, you know, I cleared the mother and then the daughter's fine. Or, you know, or the daughter had a, an allergy to something and we worked with her and released that and it also released in her mother. <laughs> so there's so much, yeah, in the work um, that I do, there's just so much evidence. It's irrefutable evidence that we're one mind. Um, and so much of the healing is distance healing. You know, it's surrogate, it's surrogate, um, EFT. That there's just no, I mean, it's obvious that it's one mind. Yeah. There's also
0: something that keeps reminding me to dance with it and kind of be playful, light (laughs) with all this. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Because we don't. We when we're in the middle of suffering, we are definitely taking it seriously. Yes. And um, so, so we want to be compassionate. With people that are suffering, but but at the same time we don't want to uh, join in the dream. We want to join with a dreamer, but not with a dream of suffering and fear and pain, because then we will not be in a position to help right.
0: them. We are reinforcing yeah. actually uh, the illusion, right? Ex- yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, I love the way you said that. So we can enjoy the dreamer, but not the illusory dream of separation and fear. Sometimes that can be a challenge. I have seen that in my own experience, just trying to help others around me and then kind of getting, losing the awareness of that place that I know to be true and then merging with them, Uh you know, their feelings. And that happens quite a lot, actually. I'm trying to see because i'm always listening to life itself to guide me yes and i trust that so like even talking to you today it's a huge reminder of that it just that's what it is like life talking to me having this conversation with itself how amazing that is louisa because i i needed to hear this i needed to be reminded of this
2: yes because because the healing is really the the way that we can help to be truly helpful is to remember the truth for others who are in that moment forgetting it and finding themselves in pain and suffering. Yes. And 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 that's what we can offer as as love. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Staying present, right.
0: What a dance. <laughs> that's, that's what I call the dance because it's not always easy <laughs> to do it. Sometimes you want it out of compassion even to join them so they oh, feel better. Yes, But then, yeah. It was,
2: yeah. Yes. Oh. So there's something that's very helpful for me and to remember. And, and that is and to really give recognition that everyone is here and has their own lessons. Because we set up... We are the captain of our ship, you know, <laughs> and I cannot impose, let's see, what I think is better on anyone else because, because everyone has their journey and, and therefore that's the freedom that we can give each other. And it's not easy, like you said, especially with people that we love, like maybe friends or kids or parents, uh, because we see they're struggling, we see they're suffering. But but in that struggle and in that suffering is precisely the lessons that they're here to learn. And I don't, and so who am I to interfere with that process? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know everything. <laughs> Yeah, so I have to trust and I have to step step back because I have to trust that, you know, God has their back. And, um, and I, yeah, so I'm here to offer support when I'm called to do that, but I'm not going to take on the responsibility, you see, mm,
0: <laughs> because yeah.
2: that would mean that I think I know what is best and I don't. <laughs> Because um, I'm just receiving. I'm just open to receiving. Um, so, and, and everything that I have is because I have received it, not because I accomplished it on my own kind of thing. <laughs> but it's all just given to us if we are open to receiving. Oh, my
0: God. I love that message. What a beautiful message. Of oh, freedom itself, isn't it? Because once we are in touch with this wisdom, this truth, and I think that's when the fun really starts, <laughs> because now you live and you let live. <laughs> you yes. just let life do the work, you know, God, as you call it. Yes. Just do what it does. And it uh, takes a lot of trust, doesn't uh, yes. it?
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, the trust is the, um, the way... <laughs> <laughs> that trust is the way to live in peace and enjoy. Mm. Um
0: that's yes. so true. Yeah. So true, Eloise. Thank you so much again for your beautiful way, <laughs> clear way of communicating this message, which is not an easy one to pass on using words. It's almost like indescribable. We almost like we can't talk about this, but it is possible. <laughs> we are having a conversation about, about what the truth is. We're almost at the end. I want to mention your book. You wrote a book, Beyond Self-Steam, Discovering Your Boundless Self-Worth. So just a quick note and comment on that. Are you writing new books?
2: I do have a book in mind. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, sure. (laughs) I I actually, you know, on earth we heal, in heaven we create. That's been on my mind for a while. But uh, for now, I don't have, you know, I have parts of it like the one that I sent you. So it's, it hasn't quite come together yet, but it's right. there. It's there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. And I love love the expansion. It's like expanding on the same topic, but it's a, it's a new way of saying that. So it's very clear to me. I would love to hear more from you when you have that book out there, please contact me back, Louisa, so we can talk even more about these things. And I love the title, too the working title, right? The, the title of your book. That makes sense
2: to me. Yeah, that, sense. that's from The Course in Miracles. Yes.
0: What an inspirational book. I have two copies in my house. And of that book just came to me. I don't know how it, it came, it just landed here. <laughs> I don't remember now, but one was for my husband, one for myself. And then I had, actually, I had a third copy, I think, for somebody else in the family, but we, I never got to really read it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. But it keeps coming back the message through you and so many other people that I talked to mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's because it resonates true with everything, all the other spiritual teachings that I come across. It's very much in alignment. Yes, it's
2: a non-duality. Yes, non realistic. Right, Mm
0: -hmm. Right. which is one one of the reasons. I wanted actually to create a specific podcast only for non-duality, this kind of conversations, and then it never really realized itself. So I was just wondering, because it might be because I'm already talking about non-duality here. It seems like the message is coming through anyway, so I don't need to separate anything. Yeah. (laughs) That's (laughs) what it is. (laughs) Ah, That's the message, really. Don't separate anymore. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> um, so my last question to you is what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? Um,
2: I, well, I think that um, I think inner peace is probably, you know, a lot of people think that inner peace is boring. Yes. So they, they have confused, let's see, the idea of, of physical excitement, with drama, with uh, conflict, with uh, fun. (laughs) Yeah. And so, so the idea of inner peace seems to be like, oh, there's no action going. There's no, you know, it's dull and um, there's no excitement. Um, And that's not true. Inner peace is really feeling, more alive than you've ever felt, yes, because it's uh, experiencing it's experiencing life from a place of safety and uh, openness to anything and everything that shows up in the world. And um what more excitement, you know, what more um, happiness can there be? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, mm-. Mm-hmm.
0: Beautifully said. And it's almost like a a one in three, right? Message, because yeah, it means so much inner peace. From that, you can experience so much more. It's so true, Eloisa, especially being open. I think that's one of the things that really kind of um, came to me as a message just being open, that trust, peace, and just trust. And then openness just um, emerges, and then everything else just. All of a sudden, it's here. It's an incredible experience, if you can call it mm-hmm, that.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree.
0: So thank you so much again for your presence in this reality, in this incredible dream that we dream together.
2: Yes, thank
0: you. And, uh, and everything you do, the way you do it, it's just beautiful. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you, Valeria. Thank you for the encouragement too, because the body appreciates, Louisa. It complains sometimes. <laughs> the only the only part that complains. <laughs> I need this work. And but before we say goodbye again, where can we find more information about you, your books, products? services and future projects. Yes.
2: Um my website I have um it's www.healingwitheft.com. I have a, I have an EFT class now for beginners um, that can be accessed through there and I have an advanced class uh, that incorporates the Course in Miracles uh, principles and uses muscle testing. So I have those two classes there, and I have a lot of information just on the tapping itself and on different topics. You know, happiness, confidence, um, just uh, the idea of 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 how to of how to empower how to bring back your power, (laughs) how to recognize the power of your mind for healing. Um, And I will be adding, I I like to add some pages on um, anxiety and depression and also on the bipolar. So I hope to do that soon. Wow, that sounds like very rich to me. (laughs) Please keep in touch uh,
0: because I'd love to uh, have more conversations and who knows, collaborate in different ways because this is one of the messages that it really resonates true to my heart, and it's a calling. It is, I can't deny that anymore. <laughs> it is a calling to just do this.
2: Uh-huh, <laughs> so, yes.
0: thank yes. you so much, Eloisa, thank for you. joining me.
2: Take good care, and we'll talk soon. Bye for All now. All right. Thank you, Valeria. Thank Bye. you. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Eloisa Ramos and her work, please visit healing-with-eft.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.